Welcome to the Hacking Happy Podcast, a podcast designed to arm you with the tools and experiments that enable you to define happiness on your terms and inject more of it into each day. I'm your host, Penny Lacasso. I'm the world's first happiness hacker, and I have a bold mission, a mission to teach 10 million humans how to realize happiness on their terms by 2025. So if you're ready to ignite your self-belief and eject more of what makes you feel good into each day, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacking Happy Podcast. We are at episode 49 and this week we're going to talk about experimenting your way to flourishing. Whew. It's been a really interesting time. The title of this podcast feels kind of fitting around perhaps how I'm feeling today. Back in a state of transition is exactly where I find myself. And I wonder how many of you listening would use the word transition to describe where you feel you're at at this moment. Now, why do I feel like I'm in a state of transition? To be honest, I often (laughs) feel like I'm in transition. It's the nature of who I am, I think, and the work that I do. But the reason this idea of transition is front and centre at the moment is that Melbourne is finding its feet post the world's longest lockdown or being the most locked down city in the world, however you want to cut it. We're on the other side and it's magical and it feels so filled with potential and possibility but at the same time you know there is this transition when we come out of lockdown now that we've done six of them where it's almost like you've got to find your routine again because the routine and the structure and the rituals that you had in lockdown don't kind of fit into a world of freedom the same way, if that makes sense. So with my son back at school and gyms opening and my yoga studio opening and just life opening up, I'm just trying to work out how I redesign my days in a way that is meaningful, in a way that's intentional and in a way that is energized so that I can continue to be who I want to be, to discover what that looks like and to inject a little bit more of what makes me feel good in each day. And so I wonder if maybe you might be playing with the same sorts of transitions or maybe you've got your own transition going on. Either way, this episode of the podcast is bound to be helpful for anyone who is in transition or anyone who wants to make a transition but is just sitting on the precipice and not sure where to go to lean into it. So let's get into it. I'm really excited about today's podcast because in the past week, I have realized a major milestone in my business and equally in my life as I've achieved something that I never dreamt of and it's come off the back of experimentation and intentionally adapting, off the back of being true to who I am in all its rawness and vulnerability and practicing what I not only preach but what I teach. Allow me the indulgence of sharing my story with you in the hope that it might inspire you to experiment your way to flourishing. Four years ago, I became frustrated with consistently observing how organizations prioritized productivity at the expense of the well-being and the untapped potential of their people. After stumbling upon a Harvard Business Review article that referenced a new idea, an idea around an adaptability quotient, and how it was the next competitive advantage for business, I found myself curious. What role could adaptability play in bridging the balance between unlocking human potential and amplifying well-being? 
That was the question I asked myself. So as I scoured academic literature, I was surprised to discover a consistent theme when it came to organisational research on adaptability, of which there was a lot, I can tell you. The theme was this, the lens in which adaptability was viewed as a lever to enabling high performance did not consider the potential impact on or the role of well-being. I wondered, what if we could make adaptability more intentional, more human-centric, and as a byproduct, unlock what truly healthy high performance looks like? Renowned forefather of positive psychology, Martin Seligman, has a term for this. He calls it flourishing, and he defines flourishing as finding fulfillment in our lives, accomplishing meaningful and worthwhile tasks, and connecting with others on a deeper level. It sounds great, right? Who doesn't want flourishing? With courage in my back pocket and this question top of mind, I boldly asked six organisational leaders in their respective fields, in the companies of Microsoft, Deloitte, KPMG, National Australia Bank, Mercer, and even one of the top grammar schools here in Melbourne, Kerry Grammar. I asked these leaders to experiment with me. It was an experiment with a single intention, to create an intentional adaptability skill set that enabled flourishing. Fast forward to the now, November 2021, and I am extremely proud to say that the world's first intentional adaptability quotient has been validated as a psychological psychometric tool. Sounds very scientific, which is kind of funny because I never thought I would be a contributor to science, nor did I think that I would be studying to be a scientist as someone who is now studying psychology. So who knows what is possible, my friends? <laughs> what does this mean, a psychological psychometric tool? Because it sounds so academic. It kind of is, right? It's not in its application, nor in the meaning that sits behind it. What it means is that the intentional adaptability assessment, which I've created, which you can access for free via hackinghappy.co, and the educational framework that I have created is now scientifically proven to measure and amplify one's change readiness or their ability to navigate uncertainty and life satisfaction. So what is it that makes intentional adaptability the intentional adaptability quotient that I've created so unique? Well, there's a couple of things that make it a bit special. Firstly, no other adaptability construct makes the importance of intention in adapting explicit, nor the influence it has on one's motivation to perform. Intention and bringing it to the forefront of the decisions that we make provides the motivation to enable us to cultivate the behavior or the action to realize that intention. Secondly, the scientific evidence demonstrates that your intentional adaptability quotient can predict meaningful and impactful outcomes, including change readiness and life satisfaction, which speaks to my original intention of creating a means to unlock potential whilst in parallel amplify well-being. Thirdly, the research places experimentation as a skill at the very core of building one's intentional adaptability, gifting willing practitioners, perhaps you, permission to experiment their way to high performance. Now, whilst this scientific validation of my intentional adaptability quotient, quotient's just another word for measure, is a major milestone in my journey. In many ways, I have to be honest, it feels like just the beginning. 
Hey, I thought I might just press pause briefly and ask you a question. Are you a leader with a deep-seated passion for developing adaptable people who thrive both in and out of work? But do you have a team that is busy, burnt out and overwhelmed by uncertainty? If the answer is a massive hell to the yes, why not bring a little hacking happy into your workplace? Check out my new range of keynotes and programs that can help you amplify the potential and most importantly, the happiness of your people. Go to hackinghappy.co to find out more. And now back to the podcast. The potential impact of this tool and its ability to shape a healthier high-performance future across industries like leadership development, education and mental health is untapped. When the paper validating the intentional adaptability quotient landed on my desk, I shared my moment with a couple of good friends who would understand the scale of the work that sat behind this and had watched the journey. One of these close friends, a wise soul, it's actually Ali Smith, who you might want to check out her episode. I'm sure she'll blow your mind, as she does mine often. She was part of our Mums in Lockdown series not so long ago. You might want to go back and have a listen to her. Well, when I shared with Ali what I had done, she asked me a question. And, you know, it was one of those questions that stopped me dead in my tracks. She said to me, Pen, what's your five-year plan? Where are you going to take this? I felt a wave of, oh shit, why did I feel that? Because I never thought I would experiment my way to creating a world-first psychometric that could truly change how we lead, educate, or live our lives. Yet in that moment, I also realized that it was experimentation that led me here. So it will be experimentation that lights up the path on where to next. As I've said for a while now, I am a firm believer from my experience as an entrepreneur over the last seven years that action breeds clarity. I remind myself that it's totally okay if only the next two steps on the staircase to what is next are illuminated. And I want to give you both of those messages as well. In case, as I mentioned at the beginning, you're on that precipice of wanting to make a transition, wanting to make a change, or maybe you're in it. I then reminded myself that I had a whiteboard in my living room. Yes, I have a whiteboard in my living room and for damn good reason. So I jumped in front of that whiteboard. I turned my phone off. I put on some beats and I mapped out my next experiment, totally embracing the fact that I don't have a five-year plan. I don't aspire to have a five-year plan. I have a couple of ideas on where this could go and there are multiple directions and I don't want to pigeonhole that. So mapping out where my next experiment would take me was going to provide the stepping stones to creating the transparency around what could be possible next given I didn't even realise this was possible when I began this journey. So stay tuned on that front as to where I'm going to take my next round of experimentation. Now, I share this story in the hope that if you're sitting with a change that you long for, a change that you've been afraid to step into because it feels so huge, so huge that you don't know where to start, or perhaps you do know where to start, but the idea of the amount of action you need to take feels completely overwhelming. These are all the reasons why 
you should start. You don't have to know what all the steps are when it comes to your transition. You don't have to take them all in the next month if you do know how many steps are involved and that feels enormous. The reality is the steps you think you should take will likely change as you do on your journey. And all of this is completely normal and completely okay because flourishing Creating a full and happy life is not a destination. As I have learnt and as Marty Seligman states, well-being takes effort and persistence. Flourishing is a practice, a journey and a leaning in to one step at a time because that, my friends, is where the magic is found. Now, I want to say a very special thank you in this week's episode to two people, a beautiful human called Amy and another one called Marcel. Now, Amy is responsible for doing the literature review, which is the academic paper as part of her master's in psychology to validate intentional adaptability. And she did that under the supervision of Marcel, who heads up the Centre of Leadership Advantage, which is an organisational psychology consulting firm. And I've been working with these guys for over a year now, and I'm just truly grateful for the quality of what they have come up with. So before we close out, now that you've heard my story, and you're probably a little bit curious around how you can use intentional adaptability to support you in your transition. If you would like to unlock more of your potential and amplify your well-being in parallel with that, you can take the free assessment. As I mentioned earlier, just go to hackinghappy.co. I'll pop the link in the show notes. The other option, if you want to go really deep, if you really want to start this transition, the best place to start is to grab my book, <laughs> Hacking Happiness. This book is like your navigation tool. It is your compass for truly building your skill in intentional adaptability. It is founded on science. It is jam-packed with experiments. It is jam-packed with case studies and examples and my own personal stories of how to use intentional adaptability to shape the future that you want. Lastly, if you are a leader and you're interested to learn more about how to enable your team to experiment their way to healthy high performance using a scientifically proven intentional adaptability framework, please feel free to reach out via hackinghappy.co. I would love to chat to you. And stay tuned for next week's episode where I'm going to share with you some of the findings from the research paper validating intentional adaptability so that you can learn more about how to use it as a tool to flourish. Until then, my beautiful humans, have a great week. Happiness looks good on you. Bye for now. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of the Hacking Happy podcast. If there was something that ignited a flame or sparked a thought within you from this conversation, please take a screenshot and share it on your preferred social media platform. Feel free to tag me in Hacking Happy Co or Penny Lacalso. Reviews are so important to reaching my goal of making 10 million beautiful humans just like yourself happier. So if you enjoyed your listen, please take a moment, leave a review and a rating on your preferred podcast listening platform. Until the next episode, remember, happiness looks good on you. Bye for now.